Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. You don't need to do self-care so that you're more attentive to your husband at the end of the day. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Sometimes the route to happiness is lowered expectations. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Care less, caring person. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I tend to go right to the screaming and running around and shrieking. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we're talking about what makes you a great parent. We have so many great responses from our Facebook group. But first, we're going to talk about what makes you a great podcast listener (laughs) by clearing up just a hint of confusion from... Our listeners. Yeah. So not to make things more confusing, I'll start with the simple part. If you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts and support our sponsors by listening to ads, we love you and nothing has changed. You will always be able to listen to this show on Apple Podcasts and you will always be able to listen to our show for free. You're already doing it. You're soaking it. <laughs> right. You're already winning. You're already winning. However, if you want to become a What Fresh Hell Plus subscriber, which gets you an ad free access to every episode and our 600 plus episode catalog, plus bonus episodes once a month where we talk about various, very silly non-parenting topics, you should go to our website, wellfreshhealthpodcast.com. There's a place where you click right there and it'll take you to sign up. You sign up in two taps. You can listen to Wellfreshhealth Plus wherever you're already listening also. And I'll also put it in the show notes for this episode. That's what we're here to tell you, folks. Sign up for Be What sincere. Fresh Help Plus. But if you don't want to, also don't. And just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. You're safe here. Thank you. We love you either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on to our topic, Amy. We went to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh hell cast. And we decided to let's keep it positive. Let's keep it up. Let's be up with people, your favorite old show. And let's accentuate the positive and talk about what makes people great parents. We got so many great responses. 
starting with Alyssa, who said, I love this. Although I live heavily in the doubting, second-guessing, guilt side of motherhood, I still think I'm a good mom because I care. I care so much for their safety, happiness, health, learning, etc. I care so much about them. I love it, right? Because that's right. Like, you are a good parent because you care, but sometimes because you care, it convinces you all the time that you're not a good parent, that like everyone's doing it better or you don't have the right answers or you're missing something. That's coming from a place of genuine investment. Yes. Or like, like you care too much, right? right? Like you dial it down, mom. You need to let it go. Right. You need to relax. Like if you're, you know, if your kid is like struggling socially and you're thinking about that a lot and you're sad a lot, you're not a jerk for caring too much on top of all the other things that you're feeling. And I've definitely found myself. Stop caring about your kids. (laughs) Get a hobby, mom. Right. No, you care. And that's why. And I think it's great to celebrate the wins. And I do find myself now that I'm in tweendom, like heavily tweendom and early teendom at my house. I am finding myself saying, like, don't worry about it. Who cares? It doesn't matter. And I'm trying to break myself of that habit because who cares about it? They do. Whatever dopey 12 year old dilemma they're stuck in that to me is just goofy filled with goofy characters who like who would care what you know Anastasia thinks of you or whatever made up name but they care and that's what matters like it doesn't actually help to be like relax as it turns out it's annoying or like care less right (laughs) care less caring person yeah but we're not here to focus on what I'm doing wrong Amy we're not we're here to focus on what we're all doing right Anna's kids have picked up her thriftiness. My parenting win of the evening is my 11-year-old asked to go to the dollar store to stock up on treats before his field trip because the concession is a ripoff. Mm. That's a thoughtful child. Like, we shouldn't go there. It's a ripoff. I love it. And it's one of those things where, like, the kid is never going to say, you know what I love about you? You know what I really learned from you, Mom? You're a thrift. But it's like the actions speak louder than words. Action speak. They've learned that you pay triple if you buy it on the boat. Buy it beforehand. Bring it on the boat. Are you the kind of person who like would buy candy before you go to the movies or buy candy? Absolutely not. I'm I'm exactly <laughs> not this person. I am. And it's funny because my parents were thrifty people and I am. My sister-in-law is always like, well, let's pack a lunch for the plane. And I'm like, You might as well have nine heads to me, like pack a lunch for the plane. Well, because you get there and the food is bad and it costs $19. And I'm like, right. I'm sorry. I thought that was just what you did when you flew. You just paid $19 for a cold, gross sandwich. Like there's an option to pack your own food, but I'm never going to be the person who packs my own food. I'm always going to be the person who buys the kind of skanky cheeseburger and eats it. In a sad way. (laughs) Allie says, this is a really good one that I I sometimes am good at. I'm a good mom because I take individual time for each of my kids each day and my husband. Oh, my gosh. That too. Right. Allie says, I know they crave that one-on-one time, even if it's just blocks or a book or a TV show and 15 minutes of talking. I give each member of my family and then myself 15 to 30 minutes of solo attention each day. I mean, it's a practice and I think it can be really challenging. And here's what I want to say about this episode. 
we are celebrating people's wins, but we are not taking out a bat during this episode and being like, Allie's a better parent than I am because she's taking individual time every day for each of her kids and her husband. People have different strengths. Mm -hmm. As I always say, you only have one thing. And like my mom made amazing Halloween costumes and I still remember it. It's like her love language was Halloween costumes. I make a pretty elaborate birthday cake or throw a pretty elaborate party. I'm a birthday person. I do it big, do a birthday scavenger hunt. I do it up for people's birthdays. People have different skills. And so do not, you are absolutely, normally I don't tell anybody what to do, but you are forbidden from listening to this episode and hearing other people what they're good at and making it make you feel bad about yourself. We're just celebrating strengths. Or even pulling out a pencil and being like, I'm going to start giving 15 at the I'm going to do that. No, you're not. You're not. This is not assignments. This is not other things you need to be doing better than you are. Absolutely not. And like, it's okay to be the person who buys the $19 bad sandwich and gets on the plane with it. It's there. We're back to our favorite moral neutrality here. These are morally neutral choices. One is not good. One is not bad. But I like this recognition that like her strength is taking individual time with everybody because I think that's kind of a lovely thing to do. I have a good one here that's sort of lower expectations in the vein of like sometimes... Lower expectations. Love it. That is an old deluxe alert. Back in my day. Oh, Saturday Live dating sketch. No, it was Mad TV. It was Mad TV. Oh, Mad TV. Wow, I was giving... And people are going to be like, what's Mad TV? Mad TV was a Fox sketch comedy show in the early 90s. Saturday Night Live asked, but it ran for a couple of years. And there was a dating app called, wasn't even an app, I don't, a dating show. I don't know what phone calls. I don't know what it was. Yeah. A dating yeah. phone number, whatever. Lowered expectations about <laughs> settling. It's really, it comes to me many times a day because it's like, yeah, sometimes the route to happiness is lowered expectations. So Carla says, I think what makes me a good mom is that I allow my kid to be without having to perform, without having to hide. He is allowed to do him, and I get to enjoy watching and discovering who that is. I'm a safe space. No judgments, no hyper-reactions, just consistent love and listening. I'm not perfect, but I am conscious. Love it. Jennifer echoes this. She says, I let my kids be true to themselves, even when they are a bit atypical. As a parent of an atypical child, I will say this is something that took me a while to figure out how to do. And I think there is a huge temptation when you have a kid who is different that Sometimes it's like, my kid's so different. They love to wear their Rolling Stones t-shirt. They're such a rocker baby. Like, that's a kind of different that is cool. And sometimes when you have a kid who is different in a way that is really different and sometimes is can be off-putting to some people or can be too different for some people, that I think that our generation is good at being like, I let my free to be you and me like it's okay. however people present themselves, but it can really be challenging to allow your kids to really be because some differences are celebrated and some differences are not. And this is a huge win and a skill to really say, I'm actually going to let my kid be themselves and not try to make them be what other people think they should be. I think it's challenging and fraught and hard. So I salute these ladies. Yeah, because your kids don't need like thrown on top of the pile. Like and then and now my mom wishes that I were 
different. It's a tough one when you're like, all you have to do is just walk up to those new kids and smile and say, hey, I'm, I'm new to town, right? The, to us, the solutions for the things they struggle with seem so evident, and they're not. And maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong, right? But that we accept when we say, like, yeah, it's hard when you move to a new town. That's the right answer in those situations and not, I wish you were different. I think also for, especially for atypical kids, Kylie, Tiffany, Raven all say they are great at advocating for their kids and getting their needs met. And I think this is true for all parents, but especially for parents of kids with different needs, that being an advocate is a really hard job. And it takes, you know, when you're a kid, and we've talked to so many people on Fresh Takes about this, that like the fat part of the bell curve where every kid kind of like fits in the general system as it's designed. And I'm one to say that's life. You know, there is a fat part of the bell curve. And to the degree that we can accommodate as many people as possible, yes, all for it. But I think that to advocate for kids who don't fit in that fat part of the bell curve, it's a lot of work. And it's something that, you know, you don't necessarily know you're taking on when you're like, I'm pregnant. Yay, baby. And suddenly you find yourself. We've talked about that with so many moms on Fresh Takes. Like, I didn't want to be an advocate. I didn't want to be political. I didn't want to be the voice of anything. I just wanted to be a mom. But like, here I am. And it's, you know, it's impressive, the people who are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We see you. All right. Well, we give we give all of them. Raven, Tiffany and Kylie, you are good moms for advocating for your kids. And so we're everybody listening. Anna says, which I think is really interesting. I'm a good mom because I do my best to recognize my limits and ask for help with minimal guilt. What? What's that like? Good for you, right? (laughs) I can't imagine, Anna. Please be our Fresh Take guest and tell us how you do this. It seems... Asking for help with minimal guilt. Yeah, that is... Someone was just asking on our Facebook group about having issues at home and how to approach friends and ask them for help. And I think it's such an interesting issue and point that like, how do you accept help? How do you ask for help? And we've certainly done episodes about this, both about mom guilt and about asking for the help you need. And it is really challenging. And it's very admirable because I think especially I mean, we were raised Irish Catholic, both of us. And there is a certain thing of like, (laughs) if it still hurts tomorrow, we'll cut it off. Like we don't sit around asking for help from other people because who needs help? The wrong kind of people need help. The right kind of people do everything by themselves and pretend there's never a problem. And, you know, figuring that out can be really, really challenging. All right. Here's one I can get behind. Laura says that she's a good mom because she stays calm when the world around us gets busy or when my kids get upset. That's another one I'm working toward. (laughs) What's that like? Again, Laura, I would like some further information on this. I can't imagine what that is like. I tend to go right to the screaming and running around and shrieking at everyone. It doesn't go great 
friends. It doesn't go great. Yeah. Yeah. But Laura, that is something that you should definitely pat yourself on the back. I feel like I'm sliding back down, Margaret, into the like, huh, huh. Laura stays calm and the world gets upset. (laughs) Not me, though. Everybody's doing good stuff. No, no, no. It's fine. We're celebrating Laura and we're celebrating ourselves. But we're not just like, oh, Laura, she's calm when things go right. I stink. I messed up. We're celebrating Laura and we're realizing Laura We don't know her, but she probably has her own flaws and things she struggles with. Just happens to be that her superpower is staying calm when things go haywire. Yes. Nobody gets every superpower, right? So that's Laura's. It's It's like you're trying to not like yuck her yum. You're trying to like yuck your own yum by being like, no, Laura's better than me. Not allowed. We forbade that earlier in this episode, Amy. Okay. All right. Thank you for that reminder. We'll be back with even more things that make you a great parent. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. We're back. Amy, I had to highlight this one twice because I feel like this is something that people overlook. And I feel like this is something I've had a revelation about doing the podcast. Jenna says, I'm proud of myself for working so hard at my mental health for my kids. When life was spiraling and I didn't really believe I was worth fighting for, I knew they were worthy of a good mom. So I fought for myself for them. Oh, I got a little verklempt saying that. I think that taking care of yourself as care for your kids is deep 
and worthwhile and hard and challenging. And often it's like, oh, I'm so busy filling buckets. Like I don't have time to do anything for myself. And big shout out to recognizing that this is something that is important. Char says the same thing. I take time to prioritize myself so I can be the best mom and I can care for my son. This means working with my husband to find time for a daily shower, exercise, yoga, walks outside. Whenever I'm sick, she says, I wish I had a mom to take care of me. And like, I get it. It's like, right. You need to feed yourself so that you can be the person who takes care of other people. We hear this, like, if anyone else ever says, like, put your oxygen mask on first, like, we get it. We get the metaphor. But doing it is really, really hard and recognizing that taking care of yourself is part of being a really good mom. There's so much wisdom in that. I always get a little resistant to the idea that you need to do self-care so that you'll be a good mom. Like you need to do self-care because you need to do self-care. You don't need to do self-care so that you're more attentive to your husband at the end of the day. Like you need to do yoga because you need to do yoga. However, I'm thinking back to what Jenna was saying about like she worked in her mental health because her kids deserved it. You know, there are times when you are pretty stuck, right? When you're pretty frustrated or sad or struggling for whatever reasons. And if you need you know, your two beautiful kids to get you up and moving and out to do another day because they deserve it. If that's your motivation, then hallelujah that that's your motivation. But we are all definitely deserving of this time for ourselves. Well, and I do think you're right that like, it's not like do this because that do this is enough. But I cite often the David Foster Wallace piece, This is Water, and he talks about these two fish They swim past an older fish and the older fish says, how's the water, boys? And the younger fish keep swimming. And then they turn to each other and they're like, what's water? And the whole piece is about like, you have to know what you're soaking in to understand the world around you. Like you have to be able to have this perspective. And I think there's a lot of that in it, too, that like it is interrelated. It's not that you do one to get, you know, you don't hit the button to get the pellet or the treat, but like they are all interconnected that like, if my mental health is better, my parenting is naturally better. Like it's not like a life hack. It's like a life reality that these things connect to each other. Sure. Right. And they feed on each other, right? Like if you work out, it helps with your stress and your sleep, which makes you better able to deal with stress. And so it's like it feeds on itself that you working on yourself makes you a better parent, which means less yelling in your house, which makes you feel happier, which makes I I get it that it's worth continuing to work on. Well, and it leads into another category that so many people highlighted. Emily, Leanne, Melissa, Breaking generational cycles, Leanne says, my teens are so nice and caring. They all genuinely like each other. They definitely have teen moments, but for the most part, they're amazing and really close. My sister and I never got along and we don't have much of a relationship. I know my parents probably did the best with the information they had, but they weren't able to foster a relationship between us. And I think... Emily says, I'm breaking generational cycles without too much detail. My childhood home life was uncertain and unstable, flaring tempers. It's taken a lot of years and there were moments I'm not proud of, but I've done a lot of work and research and habit building for my kids to have a stable, comfortable, loving home. And this is, again, you don't do work on yourself just for your kids, but 
this is something I feel like I've also really come to understand in the podcast, whether we're talking about racism, whether we're talking about mental health for kids, whether we're talking about eating habits and healthy eating or, you know, getting rid of like body image issues, that the part that I sometimes skip is like, stop look around. Like, what are the things you understand to be true? What are your operating systems that are very default? And are there knobs you can turn on those operating systems to change the way you're going forward? It's hard work. Am I good at turning knobs? I'm thinking about that. I think I'm good at like, my problem is I'm like, I have to turn all the knobs, right? And then maybe something does work and you're not sure what knob it was. Well, I just think that for me, the idea of the first step to confronting anything that's not going right in your life is I tend to be like, put blinders on and run past it. or And that the first step of any kind of change is staring it down full force and being like, what is this really? Because you can't, it, that's the hardest part is looking at it and saying, what is my marriage like? What are my relationships like? What am I choosing with my life choices? Like, what am I showing my kids or my priorities based on how I'm operating? That if you skip that step or how was I raised and how was that healthy or damaging and what do I want to take forward and what do I want to leave behind? That it's very easy to skip that step because that is really scary and hard to really look at something and say, like, if you're just in a marriage and you're in, um, our beloved Dr. Lynetta Willis's stable misery, you're skipping the step where you're like, what is my marriage? Is it the way I want it to be? Or are we both just like, duh, 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 duh. it's like the reason we don't make a budget because we don't have enough money to pay our bills, you know? <laughs> and so why would I make a budget? It's just going to show me something really bad. It's the reason people don't go to the doctor when they're really worried something's wrong with them because somehow it's going to become real when that person says it to them. And I think that, some of these people are great parents because they're taking the time to be like, what is this water so that I know how to navigate in it? Mm -hmm. And that takes a long time. And that takes the risk that it will get harder before it gets easier. <sighs> or, yeah, and it might get like real hard. It might break apart, right? It might force some really uncomfortable changes. Mm -hmm. So I get it. It's definitely easier to be like, la, 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 let's just keep moving. When I started taking voice lessons as like a young, like just moving to New York to be an actor, I knew how to sing. Like I sang in summer stock and high school, whatever college shows. And I met with this voice teacher and she heard me sing and she was like, okay. <laughs> are we going to work together for a long time or yeah, like, are, are you going to quit after three lessons or are we going to work together for, you know, a couple of years? And I was like, a couple of years because I'm such a, you know, pleaser, pleaser. Like, yeah, oh, definitely. And I will be the best student you ever had. Star yeah. student. Give me a star. Right. And the reason she was asking me, she explained to me very politely, is if she had three lessons to work with my voice, she would have given me, you know, a box of various band-aids right because we were going to really work she's like i'm gonna you're singing wrong i'm gonna unteach you how to sing we're gonna take it and, apart but i went through a long valley where i sang a lot less well than i used to because she unlearned all my habits and then i put it back together and it took me a long time and i was never christian chenoweth in the end never quite achieved that but she warned me you know like this is going to get harder before it gets easier and there is a choice to make and so the people who did that that is your superpower if you got through that Tiffany is good at knowing where the things are. 
she's always there for her kids. They know that their dad and I will love and support them always. Plus, I'm the keeper of the things. I know where everything is and where everything needs to go and when. I feel this is a superpower of yours, too, Amy. Yeah, I know where the things are. My husband's a little bit more knowing where the things are, but I am the last resort. It's also because I'll look for them in a way that no one else will. It's not that I know where they are, but I'm willing to actually invest the 20 minutes to find it. Whereas everyone else is like, it doesn't seem to be directly in my line of vision, so it must be missing. You're just better at it. You're just better at finding things. I like the people who are good at the basics. Michelle says, my three kids under three are fed regularly, dressed usually, clean sometimes, and loved always. Very nice. Thoughts and prayers, Michelle. I also, I had three under four. So she's got three under three. She's besting me here a little bit. But like, yes, when you have, I'm going to say for me, it got so much easier. So God bless you wherever you are. The three kids under three is the worst. I mean, it's the, it never got worse than that. People would be like, mm-hmm. big kids, big problems. I'm like, Three in diapers, I defy you. Like, it's that's the worst. And they can't, they're all need all the time. It's like you can't even lift your head to see the horizon, right? Like, your focus is on the next two steps. People are like, just wait till they're teenagers. I'm like, I go five or six hours without seeing one of my kids. Like, you can't tell me that that is... I mean, I get it. The problems get a little more intractable. It's not quite as like, here's a pacifier, here's a bottle. Yes, I get it. But basically... Three under four was the worst for me. I mean, those years wouldn't go back for anything. Kim says her kids are still alive. That's why she's a great parent. Right. Let's slow it down, everybody. This is a great superpower. Your kids are all still here. You can count them the same number of heads as you had when they woke up this morning. Good for you. Yeah. Hannah says she's good at sleeping, like gold medal Olympics level. If I get up with a kid at night, I can get back to sleep in three minutes, no problem. If I have a 12-minute window to nap and recharge, I'm asleep in two minutes, down for 10, then back in action. I can also, says Hannah, sleep anywhere. Toddler crib, no problem. Gym mat on the floor next to a sick kid, no worries. Hannah, that's impressive. She says there's no sleep challenge I can't defeat. God bless. My sister-in-law is like this. We'll just get in a car on a road trip. And she's like, I'm going to take a nap. And she just lays her head back. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, are we here already? It's like, yes, we've been driving for four hours. Like, what a gift. What a savor this gift, Hannah, because it is such a crazy one of my kids has it. It's like there's a switch in his neck. I always say he's always like night night. And just like he just misses time until we get where we're going. It's fabulous. I once took a flight to Europe. I mean, I've done this twice in my life. So it wasn't like I once one of my many flights to Europe. One of the two times I went, I got on the plane. I fell asleep and I literally woke up as we were landing. And it was like I was in JFK. I was asleep. And then I was in Paris. It was magical. It was like I took one of those like trips to Mars where they put you into a deep coma and then you wake up in Mars. My husband's pretty good at this. I will say I sleep a lot more than he does. So I think there's a sleep deficit thing going on a little bit. Like to be able to I've heard people say that it's actually not a great sign if you could just pass out anywhere, it probably means you're chronically underslept a little bit. That like My sleep bank is always pretty full because I protect my sleep. You know, I love my sleep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I can, if you came into my room at eight o'clock in the morning, 
I mean, 8 o'clock, I'm up. But like, if you came in at 7 o'clock and blew a horn, we're like, it's time to get up. And then I got up and I had to do something with the kids. I could get back in bed and go back to sleep. If I wake up in the morning, I can go back to sleep. If I wake up at 3 a.m., no problem going back to sleep. I have trouble falling asleep at night, though. Uh, Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of these things. And there's no torture quite like not being able to sleep. It's terrible. Elizabeth says she can take a temperature extremely accurately without a thermometer. And I'm also really, really good at pulling loose teeth. <laughs> no. Those are superpowers. I'm going to hand my pinball crown to Elizabeth. Keep those bloody teeth stumps away from me. I do not like. A temperature without a thermometer? We had, like, we were locked down during the pandemic. My whole family had COVID. This is very early in the pandemic. I mean, we were sure we did. Everybody had a temperature, but our thermometer was out of batteries, and it was like a little, you know, little weird coin battery, certainly something. Right. And like You didn't have it. Yeah, and, and Amazon was out of thermometers, and the grocery store was out of batteries. <laughs> They were like, nice try, losers. And we just, and we're telehealthing with the doctors and like, what's the temperature? I'm like, hot? I don't know. Like red cheeks, flaming. Yeah. This would be a good skill to have. My husband has the ante of this superpower and it's become a joke. Like I long ago, when I had three under four, I was like, I'm not feeling very good. I'm like, do you think I have a temperature? And he felt my head. He's like, definitely not. I was dressed to go to a run. I was like, I don't think I should run. I don't think I feel well. He's like, no, you definitely don't have a temperature. Go for a run. And I went out for a run and I was like, God, I'm not feeling well. And I came home and I dug out a thermometer and had like a 103.5 degree fever that he had definitely felt. And he's just always like, no, you don't have it. And I'll, he'll always say like the kids, oh, I don't think they have a fever. And I'm like, let me check. And they're like, it's like touching the, an oven. Like he's just a terrible. I would. Taker. Yeah. But this is not about bashing husbands. So let's move on. We're going to keep it positive and come back with even more great parent stories. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. 
So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And now, your guide to mom superheroes. From the What Fresh Out podcast. Calm mom. The large C on her chest doesn't stand for catastrophe. This is Calm Mom, able to soothe bleeding toddlers with a single word, ready to counsel sullen teens, banned from the popular table at lunchtime with helpful insights. This mom is cool, collected, and there to support kids in need day and night. Self-care woman. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a mom who knows she's no good to anyone else in her family unless she's taking care of herself first. Self-care mom can fill a bubble bath in seconds flat and sweet Odin's beard. If you don't see her in front of a sink full of dirty dishes, it's probably because she's letting her kids watch some screens so she can finish enjoying her novel. The Van Lantern. To the minivan offspring, the Van Lantern is ready at the wheel. No late night scouts meeting, no 5.30 a.m. hockey practice is too daunting for this mom. She's got remote opening doors. Her temperature controlled beverage fits perfectly into her cup holder. She's revved up and ready to go. Bedtime mom. Faster than a speeding bullet when it comes to finding lost loveys at bedtime. This mom comes into her full power at 7.30 p.m. sharp. She's the ultimate slayer of monsters under the bed and requests for just one more glass of water. Bounce right off of her, so don't even bother. Captain Holiday. Some claim she was scratched as a child by a radioactive candy cane. But whatever the cause, Captain Holiday has never been the same. She starts decking the halls in October, and by December, she's got her home festooned from pillar to post. She's got inflatables, menorahs, and that Rudolph nose thing for the front of her car. Look out, Grinches. Mary has a new hero, and it's Captain Holiday. This has been your guide to mom superheroes. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Desiree says, I can remain calm during the grossest kid injuries. Desiree, like, I I wish I knew you in real life. My five-year-old, says Desiree, had her tooth kicked out at practice. It wasn't loose. And today I took my three-year-old to the ER because she fell on her face and busted her lip. And I'll spare the details because I am not a gross kid injury handler, but Desiree is your person. That is a really good skill to have. I'm good at gross kid injuries. Surprisingly, I would not have thought so. I'm bad at gross kid food. I remember my sister-in-law at some point when she had little kids, one of her kids was eating something and was like, oh, I don't like it. And she just reached her hand out and the kid spit the food into her hand. And I was like, what just happened? Like it seared on my brain. Like still thinking about it. (laughs) Someone spitting chewed food into my hand, like never will happen. But gross injuries for some reason don't bother me that badly. Uh, Going back to this thing. But did it look like it sounds to me like this was a um, a song and dance they'd had before? Like she stuck her hand out and he's it certainly was not their first rodeo. I mean, you're, you're right. Like it was like, right, right. Like this is what we do when you don't like something. How do I feel about this? I would not welcome it. I certainly wouldn't want to establish it as standard procedure, but it would be better than a kid with gravel in their lip for sure. No, that wouldn't bother me. I'd rather have bodily fluids than food. All right, we have to move on so that Amy doesn't actually puke while we're recording. (laughs) Jennifer is good at conflict resolution. She homeschools, so they spend a lot of time together, lots of time to work on conflict resolution. And uh, Justine says, which I think is part of conflict resolution, not afraid to apologize when I've done something wrong. I guess they're a little bit different. First, conflict resolution between the kids I'm not good at, I did pick this up for my sister-in-law years ago and I use it a lot. You two work it out. 
like not getting too involved in conflict. That's what I was sitting here thinking, like, is that being good at conflict resolution? Like being good at conflict resolution as a parent might just mean like if your kids can squabble without like scratching each other, then you probably are pretty good at establishing a conflict resolution type home. It isn't like I'm going to fix this problem so they're not mad at each other anymore. Or is it? I think it can be either or both. But I do think that I am... I was just laughing with one of my kids because I'm a yeller. Like we live in a weirdly floor plant house. So there's like weird levels and annoying things where it's hard. It's like not that big a house, but I'm screaming all the time. And I have a very loud and I get a little Fran Dreshery with my kids when I start. Fran Dreshery is an oldie. Loxler, nanny. I hate to say it. Yes, it is. Ring the bell. Like very Brooklyn. My Brooklyn comes out and um, I'm like, get in here. And then I was saying to my kids, like, you're going to hear that in your nightmares, like me just screeching your names. And so yesterday I was making a little joke with my kids where I was like, please come into the kitchen. You've left a half eaten sandwich on the counter and it's your job to clean it up, not mine. But it is like, I do think I need to stop screeching so much. But again, this isn't about my flaws. This is about other people's superpowers. Yeah. But is that conflict resolution? Or if you're good at conflict resolution, do you yell less? I think I just tend to yell over the conflict. Like I just tend to go to yelling for everything and I need to stop that. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're just celebrating Jennifer. And I think Justine's point is well taken. Being able to apologize when you're the one in the wrong That's definitely new. That's new. That's generationally new. Like, did your mom ever? Well, your mom is so sweet. She might have. But like, definitely, I don't remember my mom being like, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, I can. It's seared in my mind the couple of times that she did because it was so unexpected. Right. From both points of view. So I do remember her doing it, but it wasn't a common occurrence. I don't know if it's a common occurrence in my house either, but I do think it is right. It's something that we understand. Like we want to model that we want to say, like, I messed up and I'm going to try to make it right. And I'm really sorry is something that kids need to hear parents say. I just don't think that that was in the zeitgeist when we were kids. It wasn't as popular. And I think it's, you know, different. Everything works in its own different ways. Like I think sometimes having the like parental figure who is kind of atop the mountain and never does wrong, like is gives a very strong sense of stability and then has some downsides. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily trying to crack the code. Tiffany says, I love hearing other couples who put their relationship first. It warms my heart. We love our kids to the moon and back, but we put our marriage first. That makes her a good parent. Makes her a good spouse. That's for sure. Yeah. And I do. I do think that a very loving home kind of can radiate really nicely from the couple out, you know, like I think that there's something really nice about prioritizing your spouse. I think it helps to set the tone of how things are done in the house because I think it can, uh, the flip side, it can be very much like I didn't sometimes get in the habit of like, let's talk lovingly to each other, darling children. And then I'm like, honey, seriously, could you like, it's like, I try to reset as my back to one, like loving my spouse and being affectionate and calm and loving towards my spouse informs the tenor of the whole house better than like loving my kids and then treating my spouse like a jerk, which I is kind of my default. You could say it's another version of like, I work out so that I'm a better parent. I prioritize my spouse so that I we have a more 
loving home. I mean, it's it's secondary, but it spills out or creates. I think so. But I definitely have heard people say like the primary relationship in any home is between the spouses. And like, that's the core of where like the tenor of the house is set. Now there's lots of people who don't have spouses or, and I think, I don't know, like it, maybe it, it's less pieces to figure out, but I do think having a loving relationship gives a feeling of stability to the home. That's what I would say. Andrea says she reads to her kids every single day when they're little. She says, I still have one little who's seven and still not quite reading at grade level. But my goal has always been to read to them until they're so impatient waiting for reading time that they prefer to read themselves. I'm going to say that everyone out there is kicking themselves and being like, reading, reading. That's something I should do more of. But that's not allowed, friends. Right, right. It's a lovely thing to be good at. And it's a thing. I know you have a passion for reading and like doing voices and characters when you were reading to your kids. I like reading to some degree. My husband really likes doing the voices and characters and did read a lot of books to the kids when they were kids. So, yeah, it's a great superpower if you have it. If you can find a time where this forced time is happening anyway. So my kids, when my youngest was not yet at in kindergarten, she was under kindergarten, like had like three years of pre-K or however that goes now. Anyway, her brothers had to be at school at in their classrooms at 8.15, and she didn't have to be in the classrooms until 8.45. So every day I had a half hour to hang out with my kid. And we could have done a lot of things. But we went to the library, and we worked our way through all kinds of Betsy Tacy Tibb and Harry Potter and all kinds of stuff. And it is such a wonderful memory to me now. Would I have gotten up an half an hour early every day to do that? No, I would not have. But it was found time that I used in that way. And it was a great way to use it. I want to highlight these because I think it's my thing that makes me a great parent. Gina, Kristen and Laura are good at bringing the fun. Gina says, I like to do fun adventures that are fun for little kids and I don't sweat the small stuff. Kristen says, I'm an awesome planner for our family. Got a free day. I'll plan the perfect outing. And Laura says, I'm not afraid to get messy. We finger paint on big cardboard houses. We make leafy mud soups and mud piles. We do sand and clay. I'm here for messy play. That is a really good thing to applaud yourself for, I think. And I think on the flip side, sometimes the parent who's good at making a mess is not as good at having like the tray of delicious foods ready at exactly 6 p.m. every night. And this is why we celebrate like what makes you a great parent. Like they can be different sides. Like I tend to be big ideas, big fun, and I lose a lot of the details. Like you do not want to trust me to do the camp medical forms. They're going to be late and they're going to be half filled out. But I could beat myself up all day for being like, why can't I just be the mom who gets the forms in 10 weeks ahead of time? I'm just not that mom. I'm just not that person. And so... I have to sort of remember, like, but when it comes to like, hey, let's all jump in an RV and drive around New York State and we'll do all these fun things. Like, I'm great at that. You're the fun mom. You're the adventure mom. I'm a little bit the fun mom and a little bit not the like, we have pizza for dinner three times a week. I mean, I am that mom, you know, like I'm not the like meal planning and everything kind of works out. I'm good at not giving up. Like, I'm good at, like, when my kid does need help with something, whatever it is, and, you know, this door is closed and we're going to try this way, we're going to come over here, we're going to do this, like, we're going to figure this out. I'm good at that. That's awesome. You're like Tenacious D. You're Tenacious A. (laughs) You're Tenacious M for mom. That's right. That is who I am. Yes. Jessica asked her kids what she's good at. She asked her teenager, 
And they said, Oh, interesting. She's always on time. She always knows where things are. And he knows he's safe with her. And she's his safe place for all the good and the bad things, too, such as needing to dump his feelings. Wow. That kid just got like a year's supply of, you know, being whatever mood he wants to be in because he's told his mom that she's really good at handling it. I love it. Love it. And we're going to end with the thesis statement of our whole episode. What makes you a great parent? Kinsey says, I'm doing my best. And Vicky says, I came here to say that and deeply support you adding this comment. Some of us are really just out here surviving and still trying to get a hold of parenting differently than we were. I see you. I love you. We gonna make it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I think that's the... I needed to hear that too. That's the true superpower is that like we're doing it, guys. We're doing it. And we're not doing it perfectly. And we're not even doing it close to right. And sometimes it goes spectacularly wrong. But we're here. We're in it. We're doing it. <laughs> Solved it, Amy. We solved the key to being a great parent. Feel good about the things you're good at. Don't worry about the things you're not good at, because we didn't ask you to tell us what those were, did we? No, no, we sure didn't. And we're never going to, as it turns out. We're not going to do an episode called Why Do You Stink? That's <laughs> No, skip it. Don't look for it in the feed. It's not going to be there. No, everybody's really good at that already. If you want to be a great podcast listener, here's something you can do for us. Would you rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening? Some apps, it's the stars. Sometimes you write something out, say a little some. And, you know, in Spotify, you can comment on particular episodes now. People like each app keeps adding new functionality. So now that's the new Spotify thing. Get in there and tell people why you're loving What Fresh Hell. If you don't like What Fresh Hell and you listen to this for 43 minutes, I think we have some follow up questions for you. But if you do like What Fresh Hell, please go out and tell everyone about it because that is how we grow and find new listeners, which, you know, is important to us. Still important to us. Thanks so much for listening. All you great parents. We'll talk to you next time. So long. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.